back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Ticket Water Cooler, very happy here at the ticket because we were well fed today thanks to Motor Food Truck, or Motor Food, who has, a, they have a food truck as well as a spot over there at 48th in Vine behind Outback. Uh, great mac and cheese today. They're going to kind of sample us throughout, we're going to get spoiled throughout the weeks and try a lot Ooh. of their different uh, foods, but the mac and cheese as we start here today, delicious. We had four different types. My favorite was the, I always like buffalo uh, chicken flavor. I might have to try that one. Yeah. I had the, the barbecue, I think it's brisket. I'm not exactly sure oh, what yeah. kind of meat it is. But if I look, listen, everybody, I got another hour after this. Mm-hmm. If I fall asleep, blame motor food because <laughs> that food is delicious. It's very filling. And I am I am feeling good right now. Mm. I, could fall, I could take a nap right now and be good. I don't know when I'd wake up. But I'd be good. Yeah. Well, it's not good to eat right after you get a full stomach. Or, or fall asleep, I mean, right after you have a full stomach there. Maybe you should uh, try, try your best to stay up and uh, move I don't know, man. I got the got, gave me the itis. <laughs> I'm going to pass out real quick. It'll be all right. We'll be fine. Uh, some uh, news that's uh, just coming across the, the timeline here is that uh, Caitlin Clark has... Uh, of course, um, we all expected her to win the, the Naismith Award, so she did uh, do that. So uh, congratulations to her. Also, I, I was reading, um, not offended, she was asked about Angel Reese's late game gestures, so I don't think there should be any criticism for what she did. Uh, not surprising because Caitlin Clark, of course, does the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't, like, uh, that's but, the thing is, I, she doesn't care, and the players, again, regardless of what you say, they gave Caitlin her props after the game. Even if they were, you know, still kind of talking trash, they're like, look, she's a great player. She's really good at what she does. But we won, so put some respect on her name. We're not talking about Iowa and Caitlin Clark. Um, speaking of not talking about Iowa and Caitlin Clark because they didn't win, why are we going to take them to the White House? <laughs> I don't think we will. Uh, but Jill Biden thought that would be a good idea. Again, I mean, you can I, – I, I could see – I could see her intent. I shouldn't say I could see both sides. I, I could see her intent of trying to raise women. I mean, she was kind of talking about, you know, Title IX and all the steps mm-hmm. they've taken. And, and Caitlin Clark has, quite honestly, uh, as part of that Iowa team, drawn a lot of eyeballs from across the nation for people that wanted to see it. So, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a big year for women's basketball as far as publicity goes. Um, so, I kind of, I mean, I can understand the viewpoint uh, but that does not pay any tradition to the tradition of going to the mm. White House if you're the champion. Runners, I mean, that's that's just that's just not how it's. So is San Diego State going to go? I don't think so. <laughs> and also, by the way, with that game too, did you enjoy? It? I've been asking you this for a while because I'm I'm leaning and I I love college basketball. Mm-hmm. I love the home atmospheres. But I love Nebraska basketball. But the products sometimes can be tough to watch. San Diego State. I think if I had to watch San Diego State play Virginia, I'd rather stab oh. myself in the eyes. <laughs> uh, Virginia and old school West and West Virginia. Um, yeah, it. Uh, San Diego State went what seven minutes without a bucket? Yeah, no, they went eight. It they was went, a I think long they went eleven. Time. I think they went eleven yeah. minutes without a bucket. Eleven or twelve without a bucket. They without a field goal made. They made like four free throws during that yeah. span. Um, but it was not the best style of basketball. Um, the fact that they were only down 12 at half is amazing. And I thought at the time, if you're San Diego State, you take that. That that you should be down by 20. Uh, uh, Dan Hurley said, he's like, we should be up by 20 right yeah. now. Uh, he complimented the refs because he was, he was slightly upset, but he complimented them as to avoid a fine. Um, 
but it it was rough. The passes by San Diego State weren't very crisp, um, but you could credit UConn's defense on that. Uh, San Diego State was a team that wanted to get in the paint and kind of uh, bang bodies, but the problem is uh, Sonogo and, and UConn's other center were just bigger than anybody that San Diego State had. So yeah. when they tried to get down there and pound the post, they were just getting stood up. They were getting stonewalled and uh, couldn't get those shots off. So their specialty kind of went away. They tried shooting threes. They hit a, hit on a couple of them, but that wasn't their game. So it was a struggle for San Diego State to get going. They finally did towards towards uh, the middle-ish of the second half, but that first half was just hard to watch, man. Like yeah. it was. It started off pretty good. Like the, the way that the game started, I was like, okay, we've got ourselves a game. San Diego State was up ten to six uh, in the first couple of minutes, and I was like, all right, we're gonna have ourselves a game. And then immediately, UConn's defensive pressure turned up, and San Diego State couldn't buy a bucket. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, and I know, it, like some people too, I don't like to watch the NBA because of no defense or whatever. Just to me, the product, um, you know, you're not going to have 11 minute scoring drafts. You're going to have, you know, athleticism um, that's going to be able to overcome those sort of things. But um, the other thing was to me is just like watching this tournament and watching last night's game again reminded me like college basketball is like watching. Uh, people miss and ones more often than <laughs> like that's what I think you have to uh, like appreciate the people that were really good at it. Um, um, you know Palmer for a few years ago for Nebraska, really good at finishing his and ones. Mm-hmm. Um, last night I noticed that like this is a big difference between this and the NBA is that these guys are never finishing their and one no. opportunities. No, it's very very few and far between. It's just it just <laughs> circles out and just yeah. falls off, and you hear them all with and one, and yeah. it's like no, dude, that's not going in. Yeah. <laughs> Or they just like throw the my that my pet peeve is you know that you don't have a shot at the basket, so you just like jump into the defender and throw the ball up, and sometimes the ref bails you out and sometimes they don't. And I'm just like, there was no like you should have tried to pass out or something because that was just not, not it. That was not it. <laughs> uh, Bob Sin asks if if his FAU ping pong ball does that get anything for going to the final four? Um, I'll have to talk to management. Oh yeah, you try to make a deal for him. No, I, he made the final four. I think that we were giving him for final four, something for oh, final four. Okay. But then, you know, something big for the champion. I don't, yeah. I don't know. So I'll have to check with management. Uh, a couple of the other texts, two people uh, chiming in that their uh, cars, like 2015, 16 cars, don't have uh, um, CD players in them. Well, that's good because I, I don't have a new car, so I don't really know what it's like. But <laughs> I do know that, or a newer car. Um, but uh, I, I do, I have wondered and thought. You know, they really don't need CD players in there anymore. People don't have CDs. Yeah, they probably, they probably don't. Yeah. A lot of them are just touchscreen now. So, yeah. And you don't even have, like, the, the aux cord. It's just your phone connects with the Bluetooth. Yeah. Which, so we have Bluetooth in our car, but it's not, like, fancy Bluetooth. It's just for calling. Um, yeah. And sometimes when I go to take um, that car with the Bluetooth, that's what my wife usually drives. So I'll turn it on. If she's in the, in the house talking to somebody, I'll turn it on to go somewhere. It automatically connects to her phone. So all of a sudden, whoever she was talking to is on the phone. And I'm like, I don't want to say anything. I'm like, ah, and I don't want to hang up. So I try to like back out and like get away from the house as fast as I can so she can yeah. get the call back. But I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I did, yeah. I'm like a spy. My my phone does that too. It connects to, to my car and... Uh, it is frustrating because whenever I'm like trying to answer, like it's it's nice if it just like automatically connects to your radio or whatever, and you can hear like the in in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine, for some reason, it it only like does it half the time. Half the time I can't hear what's going on. It's like halfway in between connecting. Like I'm just trying to take a phone call. I don't care. Like it's kind of convenient if it's in the car. If it's not, then I can just hold up to my ear or put it on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. But I'm just in like this middle of 
where is it? I can't. I can't hear what is happening. Is it connected? <laughs> I can't hear what's going on. So uh, that could be frustrating. Um, we, I asked the question: What's kind of the difference between UConn's opportunities? Uh, how they're such a dominant program? We're talking about maybe uh, including them in the blue blood list, and I think you have to, which is interesting when you when you take it over the college football mm. discussion because we always go back to well, you have to have done it for decades and decades, and, and UConn hasn't. UConn started winning their titles in 1999, have since won five. Um, for what it's worth, Duke kind of went on a similar run with Coach K. It's not like they were dominating before Coach K. Um, but uh, so it kind of begs the question: Can you add a blue blood at this point? And I think if you get enough titles, I think you can. If they they already were, were past Kansas, surpassed Kansas, and then last night um, with a victory uh, uh, tied Duke and Indiana. Mm-hmm. Those are all blue bloods. I mean, you're right in there in the discussion. Um, I get it. I mean, we kind of say try to say like new bloods, like the Clemsons in, in college football. Yeah. Um, Oregon didn't win any titles, so they can't be there. But you know, teams that um, that maybe you would consider. You know, what would you hear from young guys when you say, "Well, Nebraska blue blood"? Well, they haven't been very good since. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we understand. You don't understand what we're saying about blue bloods. Well, neither is Indiana. Different discussion. Well, Indiana is the Nebraska equivalent in college basketball. Yeah. Um, but I mean, UCLA hasn't won a title since ninety. 98, 97? Yeah, somewhere on there, 90, in the mid, uh, mid or late 90s. Somewhere between yeah. 95 and 99. It wasn't That's 98. what UCLA's last year. Yeah. I think it was 97. I think it was. No, and 97 might have been Arizona. I'm trying to think, because it was Ed O'Bannon in, in 96, I believe. We'll have to go back. I don't, uh, know. I don't know. Uh, I know that it was somewhere between there. It's been a long time for it UCLA. Has. It has. Yeah. The first, Cal- I saw this, the first California team to win or to make the championship game uh, of the Division One teams for men's basketball, the first team in 18 years, San Diego mm. State, between UCLA, USC, Cal, and Stanford. I yeah. think was the other four. And they were like, San Diego State. Well, and that's surprising because the, the Florida teams, that were two Final Four Florida teams. Yeah. And they're not Florida, Florida State. So that's kind of interesting, <laughs> too. Uh, but uh, you never know in college basketball. A lot of programs uh, and uh, who's going to pop up. And, I, and so, I mean, overall, I think the year was, was fun. Um, but uh, just kind of comparing Nebraska to, to UConn, mm-hmm. um, it's it's just so hard to do. They're just on, they're in, like, different planets. Um, but UConn, ha- again, this was their resurgent. They, they, they've had some down years. They hadn't won an NCAA tournament game under – uh, Hurley uh, until this season, uh, and then they uh, of course pop it up, and I, I kind of went back to look like are is there just I, I mean now they're the team of the Northeast. I think that that helps. Obviously, Nebraska's never going to surpass yeah. Kansas as the, the kind of destination spot. Nope. And in the Midwest, and, and of course they're far away. There's other teams that you would put far ahead of Nebraska right now. Um, but I was kind of looking like is that is that it or is there is that who the guys like. Is that who they're recruiting? Um, and so I was kind of looking at the past. There's a cute few examples of maybe like a Rip Hamilton, Kimball Walker. Those guys are from the Northeast. But some of the other guys, like a Ben Gordon's from England. Uh, Sonogos from, from, from Africa. A Mecca Okafor is from Texas. So when you look at the championship teams, it's not necessarily dominated by Northeast guys, but there, there are some. But they play roles. There. They play some pretty yeah. big roles. They're seven foot three uh, center this year, the freshman. Yeah. He's from uh, Connecticut, mm. I think. Yeah, he's from he's, he's from yeah, Connecticut. Yeah. He's seven foot seven foot three, two hundred and forty some pounds. And he's part of the reason they're preseason number one because whether Sonogo leaves or not, people mm-hmm. think he's going to be the next big center there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's he plays like he's yeah, massive he's and he plays really well. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's going to be something that uh, they'll have in their back pocket. Well, not their back pocket, but they'll have him uh, to kind of replace Sonogo, who even if he's not as physical, he's definitely got the size on everybody else. So yeah. um, it's. I don't know if it's it's regional recruiting or just the fact that 
um, since 1999, they have been just kind of in the limelight. They've since 1999, they they've had what? Let me just let me just make sure. Um, they've had one, two losing seasons. Mm. That's it, and they've they've missed the NCAA tournament five, six, seven, eight times. Other than that, they've been in the tournament. I think that that's something that that's really good for them. Um, despite the even if without regional recruiting, just the fact that they're always relevant. They might not be you know a top ten team every single year, but they're always right there in the thick of things. If you pick UConn to win the national title, people aren't going to look at you sideways and think, "Oh, why would you pick them?" So yeah. um, that goes a long way in recruiting. You know, re- recruiting eighteen year olds because when they grow up, they've as they've been growing up, they've seen. UConn in the tournament doing things with players who are playing in the NBA right now where, you know, some other teams like a Nebraska, um, they're not in the tournament every year. They're, they've been in the tournament how many times? Once, Once? Since, 1999. since 1999. Since UConn's won five titles Nebraska's three been in the different tournament. coaches in two different conferences. Yeah. Nebraska's been to one NCAA, played one tournament. NCAA tournament. One time. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not even going to try to name however many um, players from Nebraska have played in the NBA, but it's yeah. less than UConn. It's probably less than UConn's team right now or <laughs> any of those championship teams. So that's um, that's another reason for their, their stellar recruiting yeah. is e- even if they're in um, – what city are they in? Stores, Stores, Connecticut. Stores, Connecticut. Yeah. I don't know what's in Stores, Connecticut outside of the University of uh, Connecticut. I think that's it. But maybe some stores, <laughs> but uh, that stores, Connecticut and, and Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, I don't know how different they are. I can't imagine that they're terribly different, but <laughs> right. the, the success is what's going to drive people there. Yeah. And, and they, I mean, it's certainly they've they've got it going, um, you know, uh, they've got it rolling. And, and part of that, again, is is almost, um, you know. I don't want to say the Tom Osborne because there's differences. There's not direct comparisons, mm-hmm. right, for everything. Um, but I, I think the Tom Osborne effect, with with um, respect to to Bob Devaney coming before, you know, really putting him on the map. But but um, what Tom Osborne did over such a long time um, really helps, and that's kind of what Jim Calhoun was there, and and he was there kind of. Bob Devaney, Tom Osborne melted into one because he never left, and and he stayed there forever and got them the, their first three titles. Um, but you know that's that that's how close Nebraska really is, and it and it's it's uh, it it can be difficult as far as retention and all that stuff. But I say that same thing in football and in college in college sports. I mean, if you get a good coach, and somebody texted that in earlier, and that's uh, kind of you know maybe tongue in cheek and, and kind of a joke, but it, it also is just the the very element of the truth is if you mm-hmm. if you can get a, a good head coach to stay there. I mean, if if Nebraska was able to get Jay Wright in the mid-2000s, where would they be now, you know? I mean, Jim Calhoun was at UConn from 86 to 2012, and he won two NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, he only had one losing record. That was his first year. He was 9-19. and 19. Uh, After that, the closest was, what, 15-13 in 1992-93, and they didn't make the tournament. He he'll go he'll go on stretches. He went on stretches of making the tournament three times, missed it three times, missed it three times, missed it five times, missed it twice, missed it. Then won the tournament the next year, lost in the second round, and then he retired and Kevin Ollie took mm-hmm. over. Yeah, and I and it, it's just it's crazy though that they've been able to Kevin Ollie. I don't even I, I looked it up the other days like with the um, 
like an NBA G League team or mm-hmm. something. Um, but it, it's crazy, and it's it's really weird because I don't know if there's just something in the water in UConn. Because when I when I because their comparison now to me for college football is LSU, because yep. I've been saying for years if you can LSU's one with three different coaches for the last you know 20 years or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't have to have the best coach to to win there. And I think the same thing can be said at UConn, but the, the difference is it's like LSU. There are like athletes everywhere yeah um and that's, you don't have to leave necessar- the state. yeah it's not necessarily the case for for yukon so it's a little bit interesting different there so uh but yukon they, they, they've done it so look at uh, them. yeah it's it's crazy be jealous well, i know I, oh, I am oh yeah we are all pretty <laughs> jealous here all right let's take a break when we come back nick sander will jump in studio who's at practice this morning maybe we'll talk to him a little bit about that uh plenty more in the sports world to break down coming up next year on the ticket water cooler 93.7 the ticket